What is up, up everybody? How's I, it going? It's I thought I boys. was going to do it. Yeah, we didn't discuss who was doing what All right. at the beginning. So. You're right. And then I started, I was dancing during the intro music or whatever. Which so is then, usually the cue that you give that you're not expecting to talk. That's always the cue I give when I'm expecting to talk. I don't know what you mean. It's your boys. Back at it again. We are starting this new episode, which is a part. We have part one on our notes, but this is part two, right? Yep. Technically, yeah. it's a continuation. Yeah. Technically. Woo. Yeah. But this should be fun, right? Yeah. We're all jazzed up. I just had a cup of coffee. I'm kidding. No, you didn't. I don't drink caffeine. Um, He's a Mormon. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I have uh, my brother Jedediah, and then I have uh, my other brother Jebediah, and then Josiah, Jeremiah, Jechariah, <laughs> and uh, and Rowan. <laughs> Josh and then uh, Brittany. <laughs> and then to Quavion. Um. <laughs> oh, also, we started this uh, debate. Uh, the Was it wheels or doors? Uh, was it wheels and doors? Somebody corrected us and said that it should have been windows or doors. And sure. That's uh, stupid. Most people ended up with wheels. Yeah, because it's the correct answer. Yeah, I think I was swayed in one direction, and then you said how many, you know, we clarified that it had to be functional, right? So, like, you can't just, like, a like hot, hot, wheels, hot wheels. Yeah, hot count. wheels doors don't count, but their wheels do because they get the cars move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And you and said then you hot, got Legos making, like, $4 billion. I thought you said it was Hot Wheels that makes, like, $4 billion. Yeah, both of them. Both of them, dog. And then U- UPS has like 400 million wheels in like one facili- facility. It's crazy, dog. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. It's a, it it's a wheel-driven world out there. Uh, it's been like that since the, um, the Stone Ages. Um, and, and you know what? The wheels on the bus go round and round. The doors on the bus, nobody made a song about that. Yeah. Although, does it end up in the song at some point? The doors on the bus go open and shut? It, they do. Wow. I don't know. They I've each got their been, own verse. I've so, never been on a bus. So. One, 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 one to uh, the wheelage to door thing when it comes to song lyrics. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why wheels are superior. No, I just said it's one, one. The wheels on the bus and the doors on the bus. The wheels on the bus go round and round. The doors on the bus go open and shut. How many doors are on a bus? Two. Do How French doors count? It's just two. But if you get on a public bus, no, we're taking way too much time with this already. <laughs> All right. Um, so today we're going to continue with the attributes of God. And we're going to, we're starting off with a few more. Uh, if you remember from the last episode, we categorize attributes of God in two different ways. Um one are incommunicable. Correct me if I'm wrong, Felipe, on the pronunciation of some of these words. Uh, they're either incommunicable, which means they apply only to God and are completely unachievable by us in any measure. And then you have communicable attributes of God, which 
God is obviously the supreme example of those attributes, but we can, uh, but he allows us to have a very, very, very small fraction of these attributes, um, in ourselves. So we're going to go first, we're going to go over a few incommunicable, um, attributes, and then we're going to move on to some more communicable attributes and just talk about what that means for us and how they can be applied to our life. Uh, before we do that, uh, quick uh, works cited, whatever, uh, so that we're not plagiarizing. Uh, a lot of the uh, work and research done for these episodes comes from Wayne Grudem's systematic theology, um, as well as the, um, Bible. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So if, if you want to look at maybe some more in-depth, uh, an in-depth look at what we're talking about, or even if you want to just see where we got our information, Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology. So, Felipe. Yep. Where did we live off? Yeah, so last two weeks ago, we covered four uh, incommunicable uh, attributes of God, right? God is fully independent. Uh, He is self-existing and in himself completely satisfied in every way. Um, God is uh, immutable, meaning he does not change, uh, which is what makes him trustworthy. God is eternal. He has no beginning and no end. Uh, and then God is omnipresent and God is not limited to space and time. God is everywhere at once, but then also chooses to manifest his present presence differently at different times. So continuing that trend, um, we're going to talk about a few um, attributes, again, that belong only to God, right? So uh, I'm going to clarify that a little bit, right? Like, Although we are also independent, I feel like I should, after reading that, I was like, I should clarify. Although we are also independent, right? Like we still, we need food, we need water, we need shelter, we need each other, we need parents, right? Like God is self-existing in everything that he does. Like he's, he's not sitting up there like, man, I, I really need to go find a tree from which to get food from, to which to be fed. I really need, um, you know, like somebody to take care of me like that's not how god operates god is not sitting up there just waiting for other things to be able to tend to him god is right god is fully independent in a way that we will never be with that being said god is also omnipotent meaning god is all powerful a few verses for this uh, we're going to look at job 11 uh, verses 7 through 11 job says this can you fathom the mysteries of god can you probe the limits of the almighty they are higher than the heavens above what can you do they are deeper than the depths below what can you know their measure is longer than the earth and wider than the sea if he comes along and confines you in prison and convenes a court who can oppose him surely he recognizes deceivers and when he sees evil does he not take note god is all powerful he does anything that he wants yeah however rowan he never does anything that is outside of his nature Mm. so anything that he wants to do he can do but he never does anything outside of his nature meaning who he is so after we're done talking about all of these attributes of god both the communicable and incommunicable 
um, we're going to look at the Bible and realize that God never acts outside of who he is, right? Like his decisions, his character, they're all based on um, this idea of who he is, uh, and he is true to himself. Uh, Also, anything that he plans happens. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of Job is applicable in this category, right? Because I think you were talking about it uh, a week or two ago where it's just uh, that one chapter in Job where um, Job is lamenting to God about all of the wrong he thinks God has done to him. And um, God responds with, like, uh, where were you when I formed the mountains? Where were you when, like, I created the sea and the skies and the plants and the animals and all that stuff? And it really gives you a perspective of, like, who God is, if you can even say that. Because, like, we're we're so minuscule when it comes to, like, the cosmos, right? But God is infinite in his knowledge and infinite in his power. And so, like, when you contextualize it, I think Job does a good job, in, uh, or it's recorded in Job, but um, it does a really good job of giving you an idea of who God is when it comes to, like, his power and what he can really do. And I think it also speaks to his character that just because he doesn't do whatever he wants, he still works for our good. He still loves us, right? You mean he, he could, does do whatever he wants. What did I say? He said just because God doesn't do whatever he wants. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I misspoke. Um, but, like, God can do God can do whatever he wants, and yet he still loves us, right? Um, he could wipe us off of the face of the earth, right? Destroy earth, create a new one uh, without sin, and just completely get rid of sin right here, right now. But because he loves us, he has this plan, and he's... Um, He's willing to uh, allow us to be redeemed and all that stuff. Um, so, super cool. Yeah. Number two, God is omniscient. God is all-knowing. Um, Isaiah 46, verses 9 through 10. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times. What is still to come? I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. So kind of combining the omniscient and the omnipotent there, God is all knowing and God can do is all powerful. Um, He knows the beginning from the end. And he knows the end from the beginning. Like um, because God is everywhere at all times, he knows all things. Mm -hmm. Right. And since all life and all of creation flows from God, God knows all about them. Like there's nothing that God doesn't know about. Like, for example, we still, you know, like we marvel at nature and we figure, oh, how does this animal do that? How does this happen? How does, you know, whatever. And God just like, I know how that happens because I made it do that. Right. Like God knows everything. Yeah. Um, That's good. A.W. Tozer, who's a really good author and theologian, he wrote this, God perfectly knows himself and being the source and author of all things, it follows that he knows all that can be known. 
And this he knows instantly and with a fullness of perfection that includes every possible item of knowledge concerning everything that exists or could have existed anywhere in the universe at any time in the past or that may exist in the centuries or ages yet unborn. God is all-knowing. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, that's good because uh, a little later we're going to talk about God's wisdom, which is really important when talking about the attributes of God, obviously. And uh, we give a little, uh, we're going to get into a little bit more and just give you some context and like what what does wisdom really mean. But before that, as kind of like a preamble, um, it's it should be comforting to know that. God is all-knowing, right? That God knows the beginning, the end, and everything in between, right? Um, and I think, especially when uh, we talk about, like, wisdom coming up here, like, you want knowledge to back up what you're doing, right? And so, keep just keeping in the back of your head that, like, God knows everything. God, nothing surprises God. Yeah. That we'll never blindside God with uh, what we do or what we say or anything like that. So, like, there's some comfort in that, you know? Next. Oh, okay. Unless you have something else. No, I didn't. That was good. All right. Number three, God is eternal. God has no beginning, end, or succession of moments in his own being. Uh, He sees all time equally and vividly, or equally vividly. Yet, God sees events in time and acts in time. And I think we need to understand that part. So before we go any further, um, God sees um, the beginning from the end, like we said before, right? Uh, And he sees all time equally vividly, meaning 2,000 years ago is as fresh in God's mind as today is, and is as fresh as 2,000 mind... or as fresh in his mind as 2000 years from now, like it's all the same to him. Um, but like, uh, it says here at the end, God sees events in time and acts in time. So meaning God didn't preordain the splitting of the red sea. He was there when it happened. Mm. Right. Like God didn't like set up a moment in time for Jesus to show up sorry, this is about to sound borderline crazy, but hear me out in the whole context, right? Like Jesus wasn't like just a fill in for God at some random point in time, like God showed up in time, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so there are moments that although God exists throughout all of time, he intervenes in time. So Jesus was actually here, right? When God parted the Red Sea, he was actually there. He didn't just you know, like hit play on the VHS back in the day or whatever they had um, in biblical times. Like he he showed up. Tablets. Yeah, on his Kindle. <laughs> I know that's not what you meant by tablets, but. <laughs> no, right. it, it was a play on words because we have tablets. And then the 10 tablets. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tablets of stone or whatever. Uh, David talks a lot about the, this, this portion of God. And if you read through the Psalms, um, we're going to look at just one of them right now, but, uh, Psalm verse 90 or sorry, Psalm 90 verse two, before the mountains were brought forth or before he had ever formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. That's David declaring the majesty of God. Um, and then Jesus, again, we brought this verse up before. One of the most gangster things Jesus ever said, uh, John chapter 8, verse 58, before Abraham was, I am. 
right? And even how God introduces himself is like just a constant state of being. He is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that, we kind of wrap up some of um, God's incommunicable attributes. So what? Well, I was going to leave those two for you to talk about. Oh, 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 oh. My bad. My bad. My bad. Bro, these are a lot of words. Uh-huh. Can I just take these? Sure. So I'll I'll finish this off. So we <laughs> will bad. only ever experience time in its present form, right? Like I will never know tomorrow until I'm at tomorrow. God, um sees all of time at once. And David says it like this, a day to the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. Um, and then also, like we talked about before, God will intervene in present time to bring about his will, to bring blessing, to bring punishment, to pronounce judgment, like God intervenes in present time. So mm-hmm. although God exists outside of time and God is eternal, always has been, always will be, always is, God shows up in present time when necessary. Yeah, that's good. Uh, but what I was gonna, what I was gonna say before, uh, that was some good input. But with all of this, right? We talk about God's eternity, His omniscience, His omnipotence. Um, what's the point? How how do we use this in our practical life? Because I feel like this is uh, this is all like good knowledge. But without practical application, it really doesn't go anywhere, right? If we can't, if we can't, um, if this doesn't change who we are uh, and it doesn't change ourselves to be, to grow closer to God, then like, what's, what's the point of learning this stuff? If the end goal is to look more like Jesus, to look more like God, you know? Um, so Felipe, what would you say? Um, I think as we, you know, like as we grow in our faith and as we grow in our walk with God, uh, it's foolish of us to stay at what we stay at what we learned 20 years ago or 10 years ago or five years ago. Like we should constantly be growing in our knowing of God. Right. And so that's why this this series of episode is just called Theology, Knowing God. Uh, because there are attributes and there are things of God that are important for us to know, right? Like if I, again, like we always use this relatable experience. If, if I only know Rowan as much as I did when I first met him 13 years ago, oh crap. No, you were 13 when I met you. Uh, however long ago that was, I think four years, four years ago, um, then I've done a really bad job at calling myself Rowan's friend. Like I've done a really bad job of saying that I know Rowan because I, uh, we're still at the same spot that we were three years ago. I, I think still that his favorite color is red when in fact he changed it two weeks after he met me and said that it was purple. And I know that now it's always been purple. He's a liar. Um, and so, you know, like it, it, we, as we grow in it and we mature in our faith, we should be growing and, and, and maturing in our knowledge of God, right? So like, this is this is also stuff that we talked about in one of our episodes where we talked about doing the work, right? Like of growing in our faith. If we want to grow in our faith, we have to do the work. So not only should we be buying books from people that are way smarter than us, um, but like, 
you, you know, like an episode like this is really good for you to grow in your foundational understanding and then get a little bit of these topics that we're talking about, get a little bit of these attributes, write them down and then dig deeper into them. Okay. So where else in the Bible does it talk about this? Where else in the Bible does it say, like, how, how do I reconcile that with what I know to be true about God? So for example, in, in, you know, we're, we're talking about how God is eternal, right? Well, if God was with you and God was good when you were going through the best times of your life, then that does not change who God is when you're going through the worst times of your life, right? Like when God is all powerful to bring you through the storm, God is all powerful to keep you, you know, like wherever he wants you, right? Like when God is um, om omniscient and he knows all things and he knew what he was doing at this point in your life, then he knows what you're doing at this next point in your life when everything seems uncertain, right? Like we, we translate this knowledge and understanding of our God to grow our faith in God, right? So as we face trials, as we, as we face temptations, if we have a solid understanding of who God is, it helps us to, to reconcile the things going on around us to say like, well, I can be confident that my God is not leaving me. I can be confident that my God is good. I can be confident because he's eternal, because he's immutable, because he doesn't change, because he knows everything, because he's working all things out for his good and his glory and his purpose, right? Like, so my life is going to be okay because I have this God who does not change, right? That's good. Yeah, that's really good. Um, for me personally, it also, studying this kind of stuff, and even though these are like incommunicable, right? So it's not like we can ever uh, try to achieve God's eternity. It's still important to learn about these and really dig deep into these because, um, and this is what this um, series is called, uh, Knowing God, right? Because it's important that we know God, right? Exactly like Felipe just said, like, we need to, like, if I, if I never took the time to get to know Felipe, then we wouldn't be friends. We wouldn't have a relationship together. And so, like, we need to have a relationship with God. And so in order to do that, we need to have, like, because God, God also isn't just our friend, right? He's way, like, he's way, way, way more than that. And, like, even more so than, like, a father or something like that. Yeah. Um. Even though he calls us his father and stuff like that. But, yeah, sure. Um. But, like, we also need to have the proper amount of respect. And in order to have the proper amount of respect, we need to know why, right? So we need to know, like, well, who cares about God, right? He's just another guy. When it's like, no, he's all-knowing, he's all-powerful, he's all, like, he's eternal, he's there from the beginning. And so now that makes us take a step back and be like, dang, okay, so this dude is pretty serious. I'm going to start taking him more seriously, you know? And so, like, learning about this stuff, getting to know God and getting to know, like, the attributes of God really helps you to, like, have a greater respect and greater understanding of who God is so that you can worship him, him more fully. So that when, like, when you go to your church or whatever, and you're worshiping all glory be to Christ, right? Excuse me. Yeah. And, like, you actually mean those words. When you understand... Jesus is all powerful. Jesus is it Jesus is eternal. Jesus is God. Jesus is my savior. Then you actually mean those words that say all glory be to Christ. And yeah. I th I think that's a huge application that I think is very easy to miss. That's good. Um and then not only that, I think when we uh 
we say we've said this a few times on our show before right thinking leads to right believing right so like doing the hard work of knowing all of these things that seem like you know why would you take the time to do all this study is right thinking leads to right believing if you believe the wrong things about god then you're worshiping a god that isn't the god of the bible mm-hmm. um and before we transition here and we're and we're going to talk about the communicable attributes of god it's important that you understand that these attributes aren't just a part of god right as in like um god is not like part eternal and part all powerful and part all this like that is just who god is um and some of the communicable attributes like things that we share god isn't kind of knowledge and kind of wisdom and kind of this and kind of like god is god is all those things um it like you know like it, and uh, what am I trying to say here? Like it, to bring about a fuller picture, right? Like I don't just describe Rowan one way. Like Rowan is this and so much more, right? Like Rowan is funny and serious. Like Rowan is, you know, like he's uh, a fencer, but he's also uh, a basketball player. I'd be lying if I said that. Guy, he's also a movie critic, you know, like. Mm. <laughs> Why are you interjecting with random? Because <laughs> you need to get things right. Anyway, no, go ahead. Yeah. You're making good uh, so, like, God is both love and justice at the same time. God is both merciful and vengeance at the same time, just like Batman. Uh, but they bring about a fuller picture of who God is, and they are who God is, uh, these attributes. Yeah. So, hey, we have a really cool opportunity yeah. that we're doing uh, in a few weeks, weeks, months, month, month. Happens in May. Yeah, let's learn about it real quick. Hey, everyone. So, Ron and I have a really exciting opportunity that we want to share with you. In May, we are going May. down to Florida to vacation. Just kidding. <laughs> we're gonna go down, and we're. Uh, we have the opportunity to support this really incredible ministry uh, called Heart of the Bride. Uh, they are doing a mud run in the middle of the panhandle. What? It's probably the biggest event of the year. It's going to be awesome. For Southern Alabama. Uh, and uh, uh, this race that we're going to help uh, volunteer at and run is to help raise money for this organization as they help support orphans throughout the world. Um, one of my good friends runs it. Ron and I are already training. Uh, we've been laying off the Twinkies uh, for the past two days. Uh, <laughs> the past two days. That's as, that's as far as we're going to go. It's true. <laughs> I've actually been laying off Twinkies for a while. Anyway, this is going to be a really long commercial. But I have uh, Mike Anderson here who actually helps run the thing. He's the guy that also builds most of the obstacles himself with his bare hands. Uh, Mike, can you tell us more about what we're doing and how actually our viewers can help be there and help you guys out, even if they can't run the race with us? Yeah. So, uh, first off a little bit about, um, the race, by the way, if you want to out more, you can go to, uh, emeraldcoastmudrun.com. So emeraldcoastmudrun.com that will give you more information about the race, but essentially, uh, we offer a 10 K competitive a five-day fun run, uh, a one-mile kids run, and uh, a night run where you run and work with a headlamp and we light up the course called Zero Dark Dirty. 
We have 18 plus obstacles, three mud pits, and uh, uh, we get muddy to do good. So 100% of the proceeds will go for uh, orphan and at-risk children around the world. Um, we're in five different countries. We can really only talk about four countries where we are actively supporting orphans, about 500 orphans that we care for. But also, also locally here in the U.S., we do adoption aid grants for uh, uh, families looking to adopt because that can be very expensive. And then also right in our county here in, uh, in Florida and Okaloosa County, we're heavily involved in the foster care uh, system through uh, uh, court care portal. So anyway, so that's a little bit about it. Um, this is our 10th year putting on the mud. Uh, we will have thousands of runners. Um, last year, we had close to, um, I think, 300 registered runners. 400 volunteers, and last year we raised uh, almost $90,000. So wow. our goal this year is to try to get $90,000 um, uh, for orphans. Um, the organization that the, the Mud Run supports is called Heart of the Bride. A lot of times people think we're in the wedding business, but we're not. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, But if you find out more about Heart of the Bride, um, you can go to heartofthebride.org. That's Heart of the Bride. Dot org and you can find out more specifically uh, the countries that we're involved in uh, some are uh, uh, with orphanages that we have uh, some as schools uh, and then also uh, what we're the work that we do locally like more specifically and there's other ways to get involved besides the mud run the mud run was a quick practical way for us to to take our reach and go wide into the community right? So everybody can be a part of supporting uh, orphan care, right? Maybe you can't on a, a mission trip, or maybe you, you're not able to sponsor a, a child monthly and all support, but you can say, hey, I'll get together uh, with some friends and challenge them and up for this, this event uh, and, and have a blast doing it, but also helping us raise the money uh, for orphan care. So any other uh, questions you have specifically? Yes. Yeah, so because we, well, I know you well, there is one way that you can sign up, even if you're not able to do the race, even if you're not able, able to give, and it has to do with just swiping your debit card or credit card really quick. Mike, can you tell us about that? Yeah. So, uh, we have lots of ways to get involved, but a very easy practical way is just donating your change. And uh, in our modern day today, very few actually carry change with them. Uh, so this is just our, 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 an updated version. You can donate your change. If you um, text the word kids change, all one word, kids change to 26989. So text the word kids change to 26989. Uh, that will send you a link. And what you can do is you can register on this link and you essentially register uh, your debit card or a credit card. And one, it takes about five minutes to register it. It's secure. I've been doing it now for two years. Uh, you'll be able to round up your change. So, uh, for example, uh, if you go to the grocery store and um, you go to buy groceries and it comes out to, uh, I, I don't know, $59.85, right? It's automatically going to round that up to $50 and it'll donate the 15 cents to Heart of the Bride. So it's really cool. You don't have to think twice. In fact, uh, it's actually easier for you to budget because every time you use your card, just round it up to that dollar. So you don't have to worry about, oh, I've got to, you know, down to the cent. It's like, no, you just round it up to the next. And you know that that change is getting donated to Heart of the Bride. It takes five minutes to set. It's secure. 
Um, you can also set a limit. So if you want to um, only donate for about $15 or $20, you can set your maximum donation to that $15 or $20. Every time you swipe your card, whether it's getting gas, uh, food, grocery, whatever it is, right? It'll round up as it hits that $15 or whatever that limit you set, it'll stop. And then it just kind of resets itself for the next month. So it's a great way um, for you to help orphans and at-risk children, but you don't necessarily have it to sponsoring a child, which can be um, $50, you know, or even coming down and running the mud run, right, which may be difficult, but you're like, hey, yeah, I want to donate my change and, uh, and help orphans and at-risk. Man, we would love that, that, to have you uh, support us in that area. Again, it's the word kids change at two, six, eight, nine. Sweet. That's well, awesome. we are very excited to go down and run this race. Uh, I need to start stretching now because the way my legs are set up, they're always tight. Uh, but <laughs> May 21st is race day. And until then, we are going to plug this on every episode so that you can help I, it's not about us, really. We want to do the best that we can to help support this wonderful organization, all the work that we're doing. If you want to come race with us, you know, we're not buying tickets for anybody, but you can <laughs> meet us there. Uh, or you can, like, help uh, organically wherever you're at, just like Mike said. So you have multiple ways. Heartofthebride.org.com. Heartofthebride.org. Emeraldcoastmudrun.com. And you can text kids change to two six nine eight nine. Two six eight nine. The words change. Two six eight nine. I'll get it. We'll I'll have get it. all of these things in the description as well. So Sweet. If, so you don't have to remember it. <laughs> all right, Mike. We'll see you down at the mud run, and I'll back to hey, the I episode. I can't wait to see you guys. Thanks for the support. Of course. All right, and we're back. So, Rowan, let's talk about the communicable attributes of God. Oh, like, right it. like we said before, these are attributes which God has chosen to share with us. Yes. All right. Oh. I was going to say, and, well, I was just going to clarify, and then I was going to let you go off. While we share these attributes, they are still better in God. They are more complete in God. However, our goal through the work of sanctification and the power of the Holy Spirit uh, is to make these attributes in our lives look more like Jesus, right? So although we love, we love better when we've been sanctified in, in the Holy Spirit, right? Like when we seek knowledge, right? Like our knowledge is made more complete uh, when we do so through the Holy Spirit. But uh, yeah, let's get into this. Rowan. Okay, so the first first attribute is knowledge, right? We talked a little bit about God's omniscience. This is a little different. This is just knowledge, right? And obviously, we we have the capability to know things, right? We can know science, English, math, Spanish, all that. That is not one of the communicable attributes that God gave to me was math. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Yeah. If there's an X in there, nah. I'm actually good. I don't do good with X's. So, uh, anyway, so... Hey, we finally found a use for that. How's it going? That was a good one. All right. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, we obviously have the ability to know, right? And my perspective here is coming from a slightly different angle, right? Because although we have the power to know, right? We have the power of knowledge that is available to us. 
we can find rest in the level of awareness that God has, right? Because he has a supreme knowledge of all of eternity, right? We talked about how God is eternal, right? But we don't have to carry that burden, right? Our incomplete knowledge of the universe, that's a good, that's a good thing, right? But we can still glorify God through our own knowledge. And what I mean by that is like, if you have, I'm extremely sorry for you, but if you have an extreme passion for math or for science or something like that, where you just love discovery, that is a God-given gift because God has given us the attribute of knowledge. And if you love to seek that out, then like you are glorifying God by discovering his um, creation. And so I just want, like, I think a lot of people think of worship as singing songs and stuff, which it absolutely is. But a lot, it can be if like your work doesn't become your idol. If you thoroughly, passionately enjoy discovering God's creation and using it to spread the gospel, like that is absolutely a form of worship, just completely and utterly admiring all of God's work and all of his handiwork to like the microscopic level as some of these scientists do, like that is absolutely glorifying to God. And so like we can use our knowledge to further glorify him. And to speak to um, people my age or people who are still in school, like when we fully dedicate ourselves to like our homework and really make an effort to be like, I'm not saying you have to be the best or you're not Christian, right? Because obviously that's not true. I'm not the best in my school, but like, to like work towards your school think about thinking about it as like working towards your school so that you can glorify God with what you're learning right if that helps cuz like when you when you're in chemistry and you you're learning about all of like the little details that go into like even the simplest chemical reaction that's still everything that God's put in place and so when we take time to admire that even at my age like we're cultivating an appreciation for the thought and design that goes behind even like the smallest of things in God's creation and that can we can use that to further glorify him and I, I think that's really cool and I think that's really missed by a lot of people because they're stupid yeah and uh, let's look at a few verses here. Uh, write them down if you want or listen back. Job 37, verse 16. Uh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to give a quick summary of what it says. So Job, Job 37, verse 16. He is perfect in knowledge. First uh, John chapter 3, verse 20. God knows everything. Hebrews 4, 13. Nothing is hidden from his sight, right? Like we talked about how because all life flows from God and all of creation flows from God, then there's nothing that he doesn't know about it. Um, Matthew 6, 8, God knows all of our needs. Uh, Psalm 139, verses 2, 4, and 16, God knows all of our ways. God just knows all things, and we can attain knowledge. We can go to school. We can learn things, but our knowledge is still less complete. Um, number two, Rowan, what do we got? Number two, we have wisdom, which I talked about a little bit before when we were talking about knowledge. So knowledge kind of backs up wisdom because when we talk about wisdom here, it all it means is, and when we're, we're talking about um, God's wisdom here, not our own, but God's wisdom just means that God always, always chooses the best goals and the best means to those goals, right? So God has his will and he knows it. Right. And it's the best possible outcome for everybody involved. 
and he knows the best way to get to that outcome. And so sometimes, like, when life is especially a poopy, um, it can be hard to, um, it can be hard to, like, accept that. Like, really, there was no better way for God to do this than to, like, do X, Y, or Z. And this is where that knowledge comes in because when we understand and when we accept the fact that God is all-knowing and he has all knowledge of the past, present, and future, then it really, like, it backs up the fact that, like, God truly is, like, the he can only be the wisest person ever, right? Like, he truly knows the best way to achieve his goals, right? And so we can rely on him for the ultimate wisdom because I feel like it would be foolish for us if God is truly all-knowing and therefore, like, has the greatest amount of wisdom any man or far beyond any, far beyond what, ev- what any man could ever achieve, um, then it would be foolish for us to not lean on him for wisdom, right? Because even though we can have goals and we can figure out the best way to achieve those goals, they'll never, it will never be as good as uh, what God has in store for us. Yeah, and a few Bible verses for you there. Uh, Romans 16, 27, he is known as the only wise God. Uh, Job 9, 4, he is wise in heart. Uh, Psalm 104, verse 24, God's works are infinite, and in his wisdom, he has done everything. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1, verses 24 through 30, Christ is the wisdom of God. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, God does more than we can ask or think. Um, and then ver, uh, to end it, Romans eight twenty eight. God works all things for his good. Again, wisdom is complete in God. Um, and like we can be wise, we can attain wisdom through trial and error, through books, through media, through whatever, like through conversation, through friendships, through whatever. Um, God's wisdom is still better than ours because God always chooses the best goals. Sometimes mm-hmm. even in our wisdom, we still come up short. Yeah. Right. But we are able to be wise just as God is wise. That's good. I mean, a little bit less than as God is wise, you know, but you know what I meant? You know what I meant? You yeah, know what I meant. Sure. Sure. And on that note, Rowan, it is time to end. Our time has come. So if you like what you hear and you want to stick around for more, which you should, because we have more parts, right? We, we have, have so many more. We parts. have at least one more part to this series. At least one, if not three, honestly, looking at our notes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you like what you hear or if you are like, "Mm, they're annoying, but I kind of want to hear more, uh, consider subscribing. Like it wherever you're at, if you're on YouTube or something like that. Um, Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And most importantly, share us. Oh, yeah, that is the best way. Share us all over the place, honestly. Pass us around like a like a hand sanitizer at a COVID fest. You know what I'm saying? I don't know why I went there, but I did. Uh, hey, That's listen. You, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say we love you guys. Have an awesome week. Peace out. What was that for? I gotta blow the kiss balloon. <laughs>